Happy Women's History Month. How you doing? This is Press X Start Podcast, Season 6, Episode 10. Press X to Start is an audio and video podcast seeking to transform video game media landscape through an underserved, protected point of view. I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Vatroids, a.k.a. Do you know who Brittany N. Morris is? No, but I know who Brittany Renner is. We all know who Brittany Renner is. <laughs> Brittany Ann Morris is a novelist and game narrative designer. As a narrative designer, she has worked on the survival game Subnautica Below Zero. I think we all know that game. Oh. Uh, yeah. And was recently hired by Insomniac. Well, I, did, I didn't know who Brittany Renner was, so I was just looking around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, she was recently hired by Insomniac to work on the upcoming game Spider-Man 2. Now you know when this article was written. Uh, her role as a writer on Spider-Man 2 will allow her to draw from previous Spider-Man-related work project, the Miles Morales game prequel novel Wings of Fury. I'm not... Do you, are you know, do you know what that is, Avery? Wings of Fury? If it's a young adult novel that Marvel has put out, I have not touched it with a 10-foot pole, especially if it's about Miles. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not reading Scott Summers' fucking fan fiction on, on, <laughs> on a live journal, I'm not reading about Miles. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listen there, viewer. If you know what that is, let us know because we have no idea. Uh, in addition to her game writing, Morris is also the author of the young adult novel Slay, which tells the story of a black teen girl game developer battling an online troll. That's that's actually kind of a cool premise. It's called Slay. <laughs> I wonder if it's an actual troll. I guess I'll have to figure that out. All right. That's who I am. Who is here? I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Black Tim's all up in your house again. Black dick all in your spouse again. Whoa. Whoa. Look at that. The, the MF is a, is a warning. That's what that is. <laughs> and who else is here? I'm one of Avery. Wagon Dragon Williams. <laughs> Wagon Dragon. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. <laughs> 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 Sean don't miss <laughs> alright that is who we are and uh, talk about the things we will be talking about for this podcast yeah oh actually before I get into that there's an announcement to make um, if you haven't seen it we gave a wonderful review of Horizon Forbidden West and we need you to check that out even if you've seen it go watch it again because it's awesome and it is only uh, no, it's actually, no, it's available. It is free 99 and it's available. It's, I believe it's available in verse and audio and video formats. I got to double check, but um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, you know, it should be in both places. So you need to do that. Other than that, we actually did a live stream of Hogwarts Legacy and we were pretty shocked by the game reveal. So go check our shocked faces as we watch that thing. And um, if you if you don't check it, here's a, a quick little uh, one minute uh, tagline. Trans lives matter. There you go. That wasn't one minute, but OK. Did I say a minute? Mm -hmm. Time works in mysterious ways, Sean. Marcus, just stretch that out for a minute. <laughs> right. Just that sentence. <laughs> All right. Now talk about things that uh, we'll be talking about in this episode of the Press X Start podcast. Yeah. All right. Reggie Fizeme steps away from games once again in a weird way. Uh, perfect Dark Studios becomes less perfect and 
Bethesda gives us eight seconds of Starfield heaven. Ooh, can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Uh, with that being said, let us jump into the next section, which is the quick hits. <laughs> Avery, take it away. Hey, everyone. It's me, Avery, again. I'm here to do the quick hits. Turns out I've been doing pretty well. Let's be honest. There was going to be a version of this episode where I wasn't doing the quick hits. That was probably <laughs> going to be in response to all the uh, comments that we've been getting about how bad I am, how my, <laughs> how, how my lisp is distracting, how my voice is a bit way too high-pitched for my actual face. That's neither mm. here or there. Funny enough, I did get a comment about that. But, um, hey, your badge still works. I it's thought a- I'd delete all those comments. I don't know how one got by. And- I'll do that. This is why I have no self esteem. <laughs> anyway. As Cat Williams said, it's self esteem. <laughs> First story is oddly enough from Yahoo Finance. Uh, this is from this is Ben Gilbert. Former Nintendo president left GameStop's board because leadership refused to explain how they would turn the company around. So we, this is a. This, this is how you can tell that this isn't a games like media website because. There's no definitive pronoun than if explain what anything is talking about in this sentence. But it yeah. tells you what it, the story is about. Anyway, uh, former Nintendo president Reggie Fizemi left GameStop's board of directors after serving barely a year. Company leaders, including former Chewy CEO Ryan Cohen, wouldn't articulate the company's strategy, he said. To me, that was not acceptable, Fizemi said during a panel at South by Southwest. So ultimately, this is... He joined the board of directors of, of GameStop when they were struggling to deal with the pandemic and in the midst of the uh, weird Wall Street bets GameStop movement that was going oh, on yeah, a while yeah, in, yeah. in the middle yeah. of the pandemic. He were, we were like, oh, okay, let's see where this is going. GameStop started fucking pawning NFTs and the next thing you know, Reddy's like, I'm out. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm just looking further at the story. They said during the annual shareholder meeting in June of 21, Chairman Ryan Cohen said something similar. You won't find us talking about a big game, making a bunch of lofty promises or telegraphing our strategy to the competition. We know some people want us to lay out a whole detailed plan today, but that's not going to happen. That sounds like to me they either don't have a plan at all. <laughs> Let me or, say some bullshit right quick. <laughs> or they don't want their ideas. I mean, uh, being claimed by somebody else in the company at a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. I think GameStop had a place, but the pandemic fucked up everything. Yep. Like the only reason I don't go to GameStop anymore was because pandemic made it difficult for me to do it in the first like yeah. six months. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go digital. And I, I, I haven't looked back. I would love a world where I could go physical, but like. In a world where I'm rich, I'm going physical and digital at the same time. But that world doesn't exist. So <laughs> I'm stuck here not owning any of my games and hoping my hard drive and the internet identity that I have with PlayStation doesn't delete shit for me. Because I will tell you this, iTunes deletes your songs all the goddamn time. I can't tell you how many times I've had to rebuy Run the Jewels songs because really? they just suddenly disappeared from my iTunes list. That was a little rant. Uh, but about, <laughs> about GameStop, this... This doesn't surprise. Well, it surprises me in the context of I expected Reggie to have more of an effect on GameStop than what it appeared to seem. And this is clearly just evidence that GameStop is not long for this world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, It it is a thing of like 
if you look at it from, oh, Reggie Pete's may leave GameStop. Like, that's crazy. Why would he do that? Or what happened? And you read what happened. You're just like, oh, that makes sense. I would do the same. Like, fuck. I think, <laughs> no, uh, I'm not in here. Where's my money? <laughs> deep fucking value, a.k.a. Roaring Kitty. Uh, just threw it a lifeline. And they survived based off of that. That's the investors that kept on holding it. Like, when the stock price was at $4 and then it shot up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's really what elongated GameStop's lifespan, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you were... I thought that person said something about this whole Reggie Pizza May leaving. Yeah. I'm I'm so angry I didn't buy GameStop. Uh, like, I remember an episode of fucking KFGD where Greg Miller was yep. like, hmm, this GameStop stock is looking kind of kind of weak yep. right now. I'm not an investor, but I would probably, I, if it wasn't in the conflict of interest, I'd probably buy some stock right now. I said, okay, Greg. <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only. Anyway, uh, moving on to our next story. This is from IGN and uh, Ryan Bankhurst. EA, Gearbox, and Microsoft signed open letter opposing Texas anti-trans bill. Okay. Uh, following Texas Governor Abbott's order in February 2020 that called for Child Protective Services to investigate families of transgender children who were receiving gender-affirming health care for child abuse, 65 companies have signed a letter asking for Abbott to abandon these LGBTQ plus efforts. So this is a weird story of real-world politics colliding with video games in that, as the story alludes, Texas has a really insane and beyond fucked up bill about trans rights. Uh, and in a world where companies are actually having a moral backbone, they are making positive steps in the support of the right decision. Yeah. I actually heard about that, um, sometime last week and it's, it's terrifying to see how far Texas I don't even want to say fallen because it's like fallen means like they were actually at a standard at some point, but it's just so wild to just see or just hear the steps they're taking to just go backwards, <laughs> like just to it's literally go backwards. Everybody it's, wants to go back to the good old times. Why is it surprising? Hey, I mean, Texas, not even once. <laughs> it, it's it's surprising. It's one thing where just like they're like uh, you know we, we don't really think the the black people you know they should be working more than us us whites but like it's crazy to be like ah oh, nah nah we're we're gonna we're just gonna everyone everyone that's not white male we're we're just gonna affect your lives in in many ways but yeah yeah well good on them and uh i don't think anything's gonna change in texas until they have some broad no. sweeping like political shifts in there but well, that's going to take for the elimination of gerrymandering and actually properly drawing district lines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that ain't going to happen yeah. for a while. It's not going to happen for a while. Uh, so, okay. Our next story. This is from IGN as well. Uh, from Cat Bailey, the cat bot. Shout out to her. EA Play Live event won't be happening this year. Now, the story is uh, self-explanatory in that EA is announced that they're not doing EA Play. I found out this story because I'm a Greg Miller fan. I follow him on Twitter and he responded that funny how I did EA play for two years in a row and everything was fine. And then Xavier Woods, Austin Creed (laughs) does it for one year and it's canceled. (laughs) What you trying to say, Greg? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Man, what? (laughs) 
because I saw that what what they reposted. I was just like, oh my god! And then I I watched the whatever uh, kind of funny cast they showed around that. I think it was Andy and someone else talking about Andy. It, it was Andy and Blessing. They're like, yeah, you know, he's saying a lot of shit. He's, like, he's an asshole, but he's not wrong. Right? He's not wrong. <laughs> Those are true facts. Oh, the irony is that one they did with Xavier Woods is probably their best produced in terms of an mm-hmm. EA play conference. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That being said, we, we had this discussion in our discord about what, what does this mean? And while DJ was more like questioning what, like, what are they going to do? I was like, this means that if they start releasing content, like if, they, if they're not doing EA play, there's a chance that any EA content will be, have to be featured in other press conferences where it won't be buoyed by Madden and FIFA. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Which will give it... Or or they may do separate shits like uh, little mini things like uh, Nintendo Direct, like a a deep dive on Dragon Age or... Yeah, or State of Plays or Treehouse. Yeah. I think that's the move. God damn it, Microsoft. Trying to get me to get Game Pass. (laughs) So I see you play games, uh, Avery. You want to try this like, game service? Infuriating is I'm pretty sure I still have Game Pass for the next two months, and it's like, <laughs> oh, your, your PC has a month of Game Pass. You don't want to run out, do you? <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, we still got Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest turning this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, well, hopefully, I get invited for another event somehow. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Let's get ready for seven months of press conferences. Hey. Yay! <laughs> okay, number four. Strap in, everyone. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> this is from Kotaku from Ethan Gotch. Report. Wow, I can't believe I Ron Burgundy did that shit and read the word report. Anyway, <laughs> Ori Studio accused of being oppressive, sexist workplace. Developers say Moon Studios, the team behind the Ori franchise have a no-bullshit policy which gave the founders license to bully and demean people. Uh, essentially what that meant was the founders walked to a room that said, hey guys, we're all equal here, and we want to show that equality by saying, you can say whatever you want and we won't fire you. Which translated to the founders being like, we can say whatever we want and there's no repercussions. Pretty much, pretty much. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read an excerpt of just giving you an example of what the Moon Studio workplace was. One screen cap, and this is from Ethan Gotts' uh, article, so give it a click if you can. Give him a shout out. Uh, they do good work at Kotaku sometimes. Uh, that, was, uh, that was an unintentional gig. They do good work. One screen cap of a work chat shared in a report shows Coral, who is uh, one of the founders of Moon Studios, writing, nobody cares what you really think. Followed by Mallory writing, hello, you're, I'm not going to say it. Actually, I think I can't say it, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to show personal Just read the shit. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head about <laughs> whether I have the R word privileges. Yes, I do. Oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> followed by Mallory writing, lol, you're retarded. Though that it's not clear who the remarks directed at, Venture Beat also reports that after one long meeting, Mahler c- concluded by typing, I really need a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not funny. I mean, it's funny if it's like it's three guys hanging out, but it's not funny when it's a mixed, studio, company. A mixed company of a group of people. Yeah. Nah. Uh, I, I really don't understand 
week after week somebody else gets exposed and nobody's thinking hey let me just sweep through and see if any effery is going on in my company no it's it's we have have more of these stories and it's the power corrupts thing that these people get into positions of power and they're like no one can check me and like they're so high off the power they don't even realize that they're being an asshole up until people point out on the internet in front of billions of people you've been an asshole for five years yep it's the problem that they amass in quotation marks so much power that they just lose their self-awareness because if they had a shred of self-awareness they they would understand oh everything i'm saying is essentially being recorded and that could get me in trouble later on or if they had self-awareness someone probably would have gone to them and say hey man this is inappropriate and they would have been like you know what it is and i'm gonna check that instead of you know we have an open <laughs> we have a no no holds bar policy here guys you can't no check me on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh horrible yeah, just horrible cringe absolutely cringe yeah uh this next one is equally as cringe and kind of sucks because mm-hmm. i really really like this developer uh, this is from GameIndustry.biz, and this is from uh, Brandon Sinclair. Phenomena co-founder Robin Honeykey accused of creating a toxic workplace. If you don't know who Robin Honeykey is, she came from EA working on The Sims, and then she became one of the producers of Journey. So she was part of that that game's entire big boom. And then she oh, went okay. on to found Phenomena, who went out to make uh, a game called Luna, and then also helped produce the Calamari Damasi's Creators follow-up game, uh, Watam. Mm. Uh, if you still need help figuring it out, and if you're a kind of funny fan, she's been on games daily. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Like, you're, you, you don't know the people's true colors, right? Unless something like this. She's happens. just trying to show equality, guys, that women can create toxic workplaces, too. <laughs> so here's, here's a quote from the GameIndustry.biz article. Uh, she'd make comments about people's messy breakups, people's current conflicts they were having with significant others, her opinions about people's dating lives, whether she knew they were in therapy or not. Wow. Yikes. Oh my gosh. It sucks. Those string of sentences. No, you should have kept reading the next sentence, Avery. (laughs) Nope. Oh, it gets worse? (laughs) I'm giving you enough color. It needs to be said. Sometimes it would be comments about people's personal appearance, how feminine they were, or if they were struggling with their sexuality. Get this chick up out of here, too. Wow. Oh, that's even. Oh, man. I Get was going to say, here. like, the, well, the first, like, two sentences reminds me of, like, the worst kind of, like, Real Housewives of Orange County, where I always got to say some shit because there's a camera on me and, and blah, 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 blah. But that last one is just like, oh, no, you are bugging. Oh, you are horrible. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. All right. And what really sucks is it's like, oh, this is a small indie dev team who makes good and interesting games. And like, yeah. like uh, Steve Gaynor, who ruined, uh, oh, fucking, what is, stu- what is the studio's name? Fulbright with his yeah. own toxic antics. This is one of those things where like, hey, man, <laughs> it's all bad, guys. These stories going to keep happening. Uh, the, the pain train keeps coming. This is from The Gamer. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and this is from Justin Reeve. From software employees report poor pay and working conditions. 
Uh, from software employees have been reporting poor wages and working conditions. The company is one of the highly regarded developers in the game industry on account of its various entries in the Dark Souls franchise. From Software has recently made Sekiro, Shadow of Die Twice, and Elden Ring, which have both been incredibly well received by critics. The reports were made by current and former employees on the popular job board called Career Connection. Some of the messages date to over a decade, suggesting that the conditions of the company have remained substantially the same year after year. Are they just making games about their working conditions? <laughs> See, here's the thing, right? John, you got there before I did. <laughs> you got there before I did. I mean, like, we're joking because, like, you know, at this point, this is really the only thing we can do. Yeah, but, like, this is... It, Art imitates life, man. There, There's definitely, like, a tarnished joke in there somewhere, but I, I just... I don't... I don't... I don't have the brain power to go there, to get there. But, like... On a serious note, though, like this is crap, and it's that's it, a primarily Japanese studio, isn't it? It's an entirely Japanese yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, well, that's par for the course in Japan, though. It is. It is. Yeah. You work like, a twenty-hour day, and they're like, "You going home already?" I mean, everybody else is working <laughs> twenty-two hours. I mean, it, it's it's shitty, but it's according to like the the report, like the average salary in converted to dollars from yen is twenty-nine thousand dollars a year. Right. Yeah. That's like I have a shitty job and I'm pretty sure I make more than twenty nine thousand dollars a year. Yikes, man. The thing is, like the way that I see stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's a Japanese studio and and they don't really have the best working conditions because of, you know, Japanese office culture. Yeah. But like Elden Ring is a global property right now. And because it's a global property, there are eyes looking at it from all over the world. So they are, of course, going to be judged by people from all over the world. And that is going to affect the people working at those studios and realize, oh, I didn't realize how crappy our situation was. This does suck. Like, this is not good for us. We shouldn't have this. And it's, it's one of those things where it gets kind of weird because Bandai Namco is also a Japanese entity. So, like, they, uh, so to clarify, because I looked this up, Bandai Namco doesn't own from software. They just have a publishing deal with their okay. games. I'm pretty yeah. sure if I'm correct, I'm going to look this up to make sure I'm correct. I think Kalakawa yeah. Productions, who is an anime and manga group, owns from software. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the Kalakawa Corporation, who I know for making manga, owns yeah. from software. Oh, well, then that tracks then because the anime yeah. uh, artists and all that get paid like shit as well all i'm hoping all i'm Uh hoping right now is for sony to be like oh i think we need to reassess our um what'd they say we need to reassess our relationship with from Mm -hmm. software oh that's what microsoft said with the (laughs) this is crazy as i'm reading through it it said there are no special treatments for pregnancy and childcare. most female employees who are about to give birth are expected to leave the company this is straight out of three four decades ago like what like i don't know what from software's like evaluation currently affects kalakawa but like i just did a short look at their equity as a company and like maybe from software is super expensive but i think sony can 100 own kalakawa which would make their anime interests which have been bolstered by funimation and crunchyroll mm-hmm. and aniplex and all that more solid. You never know. You never know. I'm just suggesting things. Wrong. 
Although I, I think the question would be like, okay, well, is that like a, a monopoly on Japanese entertainment? I don't because it wouldn't be like a straight monopoly on. I mean, because they got Funimation and Crunchyroll, isn't that a monopoly right there? I think it's weird because those two companies don't make anime. True, that's a good point. You got to in fact, like they're just licensing anime and bringing it to America. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, sucks for From Software employees. Here's hoping that the success of Elden Ring and all the money that comes into it, everyone got a massive payday, increase in raise, and then we can... Trickle down economics. <laughs> you never know. You never know. My, my thing with this story is everyone is singing the praises of Elden Ring. Everyone's talking about the successes. I haven't really heard much talk about this particular story. So I'm pretty sure it's going to get forgotten as a thing going forward. Yeah. I don't want to be a pessimist here, but like I, I'm not really holding my breath because as the article pointed out, like these working conditions has been, you know, apparent over a decade ago. Yeah. And like like Sekiro, you know, got game of the year. So like it got notoriety. It didn't get as much notoriety as like Elden Ring, but like it was selling very well. So it's like, you know, they get the money and they do the same thing that they always do with the money, which is don't spend on the employees. So yeah yeah okay so this story isn't as bad so there's that we're climbing how- up the, the shit mountain let's go <laughs> the, the, the ball is going up the hill the ball is going up the hill uh this is from video okay uh this is from video games chronicle from andy robinson insiders describe fast and furious exit from xbox's perfect dark studio as much as half of the core development team have quit in the past year, the initiative management, however, said it's confident in their team. This is a story that broke. like that ball's rolling back down the hill just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the story in our time broke in the middle of last week, and mm-hmm. the initiative was the Xbox's premier studio. It was at least advertised or described to me because we've had some uh, confusion on whether xbox has described and or marketed that studio that way or has people taken one quote and run away with it in a bad direction but it was always described to me especially by xbox fans was it was going to be their answer to a naughty dog or sony santa monica right 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 and the initiative uh i want to say last year in xbox's press conference announced that we're making a perfect dark game and then i want to say late last year it was announced that Crystal Dynamics, the Avengers team, who are also responsible for the Lara Croft games, Tomb Raider games, were also going to be working on this game. And through essentially looking at LinkedIn, uh, journalists were able to see that half of the studio had left. Over the last couple of years, half of the yep. core team that left. And like, how, uh, and like, look at them, like 34 people have left. And according to my own mind research, the studio was only a 60 person or so studio. Would you ask me the question, how were they expected to make yeah. what, what was the rumored quadruple A type of games with that little manpower? And like, how were they expected to make a perfect dark reboot with that little manpower? With the power of Unreal Engine 5. <laughs> so I got some texture to your questions, Avery. Um, so this information is sourced from Jeff Grubb's mouth. So, you know, if I'm wrong, he's wrong. If he's wrong... I, I just heard wrong information, you know. But um, so essentially, uh, his understanding from the initiative was that 
they are supposed to quote unquote take the initiative to build out um you know these triple a or quadruple a video games and they were going to find uh companies that could essentially build out those games so in this situation they looked at crystal dynamics and they went with crystal dynamics the reason why they went with crystal dynamics from the jump was because the the former i think the former head used to work at crystal right 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 he has since left the studio right yeah 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 so like that was their relationship to like a studio so they went to crystal dynamics and crystal dynamics was going to build out perfect dart um as for the reasoning for people leaving from what is being speculated is that the people that left were upset with the the workplace culture because they felt like their ideas weren't being heard a lot of them dipped out june of 2021 this is crazy yeah Yeah. from the article uh this is a quote as a result it's claimed that development has progressed painfully slow on perfect dark and a solid company culture never formed, which implies to me that they were trying to make the game in-house and couldn't figure out what they were doing. This is before the Crystal Dynamics stuff came in. All former employees uh, VGC spoke to said they were surprised at how lenient Microsoft had been over the lack of progress. One person said, making games is hard enough, let alone when you feel like you can't get through to the people making the decisions that affect everyone. What it sounds like is that the creative people in charge weren't making decisions that allow the people below them actually doing the work to make any real progress, which could either be giving them a task that's impossible or changing their minds on a week-to-week basis, requiring people to start over and recycle material. Yeah, so the this is all, like, you know, from what I've heard so far about this story, is that, like, developers will come with ideas and they'd bring it to the head of development people or whatever, and they'd be like, no, we're not going to do that. Whereas the developers who brought the ideas, they were on the assumption that the initiative was going to be a place where they can all come and essentially kind of spitball ideas, but it would be more of a bottom-up development where everyone comes with ideas and they kind of collaborate and build a game in that way. But the, the two studio... stupid dogs guy. Isn't that cute? <laughs> but it's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, but essentially the um the studio heads they had a different approach because they wanted to make a game how they always made a game, which is people up top have ideas and they filter those ideas down through the different branches of the studio. And um, essentially like that became a, a area where a lot of people butted heads and, you know, people left the studio because they were like, no, this is not what I signed up for. So that is part of the reason why those people are gone. But then Crystal Dynamic came in and is now just building the game, which was supposed to be the original intent of the studio. So they're in a weird place where like, yeah, they have people gone, but those people wasn't going to be responsible for building out the full perfect dark game. So and there, there are two schools of thoughts we can go on throughout this entire yeah. thing. What this ultimately means for perfect dark is you're not seeing this game for another couple of years. Right, exactly. Yeah. So like, Sorry, Xbox fans. Starfield is all you're waiting for this year, unless Microsoft has some secret quadruple A guns that they're hiding. But, uh, uh, Sean? I just want to point out that uh, there was somebody employed there named Sean Slayback. God damn, that's an awesome name. <laughs> fucking awesome name. <laughs> Slayback. Yeah, oh, an, an, an interesting thing about this video games article is it lists the entire studio 
Yeah. And it lists every person who has left <laughs> and what they came from <laughs> and yeah, when they left. <laughs> yeah, that's I was like, God damn, a lot of people left June. And then the list of new hires is like a fraction of everyone who's left. But that's not a hero there. Uh, to, to finish up the story, there are two schools of thought. There is DJ School of Thought in which the initiative was always designed to be a a lack of a better term, an ex-dev studio designed to farm out content or other Xbox studios, which I, it's not that I don't trust Jeff Grubb. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that was the intention with the way yeah. Microsoft talked about that studio and the way yeah. the studio was really built because you don't yeah. necessarily need a studio to do that. You as Microsoft just need to make deals and find people. There's no point in building a brand new studio for that. I will say, though, like, although I am saying this, I do remember that Xbox press conference when Phil Spencer was like, and this is going to be the studio that is going to be making our triple A game. So it it definitely did seem like, OK, well, these people are supposed to be making a physical game, not yeah. like farming it out to a different studio. Yeah. So, yeah. And then like the list of like jobs that they have here is not like a support staff for making a studio. Right. Yeah. It's like an yeah. actual game dev team. Or there is the, yeah, this is always supposed to happen, and this is just a natural bit of video game turnaround. Without more reporting, which we probably won't get to a post-mortem on Perfect Dark, we won't really know. Right. Unless Microsoft pulls a uh, mixer in his eyes one day to be like, hey, no more initiative. (laughs) <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> uh, which I don't think is going to happen. I think I think yeah, they're yeah. at a point where they have way too much money to burn and don't really give a shit about. Not mm, I, I want to cage what I'm about to say carefully. They have way too much money to burn, and they have so many studios. I think they're in a wait and see period, and their mm-hmm. entire economic model doesn't really reward success. If that matters, no, it doesn't really punish failure. If that matters, yeah, yeah, right, right. Because like, hey. If a studio comes out for six, that's just more fodder for Game Pass. And uh, if we market it well, the Game Pass audience will play this game, whatever. Yeah. Mm, I guess. Moving on. Yeah. Our final story, and then we'll move on to what we've been playing. This is also from Kotaku, from once again, Ethan Gott. So shout out to him for this story. Uh, this, is, this is definitely a Kotaku has a, uh, an opinion about this story kind of a piece. But that just shows off eight whole seconds of Starfield. That is the title eight. of the article. <laughs> eight whole seconds of Starfield heaven. Yeah. But that has unleashed another mini salvo of teasers for its upcoming open world space RPG Starfield. Director Todd Howard and others spoke a bit about how factions, companions, and other mechanics will work in a new roundtable video. And also showed eight whole seconds of what looks like actual Starfield gameplay, maybe. I think you have to add the caveat of maybe at the end of there. Yeah. Unless it gets delayed, Starfield will be out November 11. That said, we haven't really seen Bethesda's next game outside of last year's cinematic trailer and a bevy of concept art. Today, the dam broke, and we finally got what looks like an in-game view of a friendly robot named Vasco. It don't look friendly. That shit look like it's going to rip you in half three ways till Sunday. Um... Yes, <laughs> this is uh, it's one of those things where if you're excited for Starfield, you're going to read this very differently from being like neutral on it versus being negative on it. So it's eight seconds of um, this helper robot, which is the first companion that they showed off. 
And then they just showed a bunch of concept art and just kind of talked about like their vision for the game. So it's just like, uh, all right, cool, cool, I guess. But I, again, I, they're definitely going the route of Fallout 4 where they're, they're, they're doing, well, they're going a modified route of Fallout 4 where they're like doing these little like teases and stuff and they're going to show off something probably E3 time and then drop the game November 11, 22 or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it just, I don't know, man. The, th- the thing is, it's hard for me to be critical right now at this point in time because we are almost at the end of March and I feel like my barometer for like, oh, this game ain't going to be good has been just bad because Pokemon Arceus was a banger. Like Stranger of Paradise is doing a lot better than I definitely thought it was going to do. You're not the one who counterpicked it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I you know. I think at this point, what we really need to look at is, Sean, what's your opinion on Starfield? Because obviously, you know something. <laughs> Here's the thing. Y'all have to remember, I've played no Bethesda games. <laughs> that doesn't I, make a difference. <laughs> it doesn't look exciting to me. Oh, okay. Yikes, it might be a but I mean, then. But I mean, once again, I haven't... Well, to, I be, have... to be fair, no one's just seen the actual game, so we can't say... That's all for Somebody's frothing at this information. Disgusting. Yeah, somebody. Probably. I I just. I have to see more. Um, what made me want to get Elden Ring? Because I mean, that that first, that no, (laughs) no, it wasn't that. Just that first. Because I remember the first clip where they showed like the, uh, the guy fighting Radon, and I was like, "Mm, oh, it's it's spoiler for Elden Ring, which doesn't really matter because the the story of Elden Ring is so esoteric, this means absolutely nothing to you. Uh, the person fighting Radon is Melania. Who? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the the girl, the the lady with the blade arm, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And she gave him the star scourge rot, which okay. drove him mad and killed him. All right. Uh, that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I'd have to see more of Starfield before I can even say a thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's what it boils down to. For hopefully, it's not know, another Outriders. I don't think it's going to be an Outriders. I think this is me, Andy Williams, the guy who counterpicked this game on the Fantasy League under the impression that Bethesda A wouldn't have the stuff anymore from their last game, and B just assuming it wouldn't come out this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, just assuming it wouldn't come out this year, and like I could take a mulligan on this, but I, I counterpicked the game. Uh, <laughs> but. I have always had a uh, love-hate relationship with uh, Bethesda games. Yeah. I like Eastern RPGs. I've always liked Eastern RPGs. It took me such a long time to get involved with Western RPGs. So, like, I played Fallout 3. That game should have been up my alley because it was in Washington, D.C., and I knew all the fucking landmarks. Couldn't get out of, like, the first five hours of that game. Uh, (laughs) I played Skyrim, like, maybe three to four times before one day I just said, okay, if I want to enjoy this game, I have to role play this game because I find this mm. game exceedingly boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Fallout 4, I was going to play Fallout 4, but like I watched a podcast and it was like, it's more Fallout 3. And I'm like, I guess I'm not playing Fallout 4. And then I saw 76 and I'm like, this actively doesn't look good. It turns out it wasn't good. So Bethesda's been taking a little bit of a in my book, but that's just been just a straight L all the time. Like they haven't made a game. Like I've always talked about how I love Bethesda software, but I've never talked about how I like their actual main game studio. I've yeah. liked what machine games has done and what arcane has done. So it's one of those things where like, 
for me, from my perception of them as a studio, I'm just getting red flags. <laughs> All I'm seeing is red flags. Right. I mean, that makes sense, though. The way they announced this game was like a caveat after they announced 76, where they were like, hey, guys, don't worry, because our next game is going to be Starfield. But our next game is going to be the next Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I don't know how I feel about this. And Microsoft shows off a cool trailer and I'm your guy for like getting excited for a cool trailer that doesn't show any part of the game but that trailer was so vague and didn't have much of an identity especially in the world where Mass Effect exists that I'm like I, I can't tell you anything about this trailer there's not even like a character in the trailer for me to like be like oh I'm excited to see this character's story it was just like I it's a cool tone piece but it's not like right. Cyberpunk 2077's tone piece where I remember seeing that trailer like fucking 10 years ago and being like I don't know what the fuck this game is, but whatever this trailer is, it's fucking fire. Then the game came out, and that character in that trailer is in like one side mission in that game. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want this character's backstory? Rewatch that trailer. The cleanest up, I'm not really excited for Starfield. This game has a lot to do to get me excited. Uh, it also has the uh, unfortunate reality of now being an Xbox exclusive game, which means the chances of me just picking up on a Lark has become even smaller. That you can make yeah. the argument, oh, but on Xbox Game Pass, you don't have to pay for it. Do not make me reiterate my feelings about Xbox Game Pass. So, yeah, like I'm pretty neutral on Starfield because one, like, yeah, it, it's Xbox exclusive. So, unless I get Game Pass, I'm probably not going to mess with it. But the only thing that you know, really has me like, okay, this game will probably hit two things. One, it's a Bethesda game. And no matter like, yeah, Fall 76 was like the black sheep of the family. Like it's still people love Fallout. Like no matter how buggy the game is, people love Fallout. And I feel like they're taking, I guess they're taking their time with this game. But like for the fact that they gave the release date of 11, 11, 22, Mm-hmm. that's a sacred thing for them. Like for me, that says two things. Either they're on the verge of going gold really soon. And all they're going to be doing is polishing or this game is a trash fire. And they're going to try and finish it in the last month before it's developed. Yeah. Like I, I'm of the mind that like, I think, you know, cause you know, Todd Howard, he's, he's, he's a pretty smart guy, right? Like I, I feel like, they're looking at Starfield as like, hey, although we got Fallout 77 to a pretty good place, we're still looked at like pretty, I guess, negatively in terms of, man, we're supposed to release this Fallout game and it turned out to be a trash fire. So we really have to make it up to our fans. And I think for them to put this game on the Skyrim date and how big Skyrim was, not only for them as a studio, but like the industry as a whole, like it shows a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I just I feel like I want to say like they're releasing these tidbits of this game in this way because they know that they're going to hit the release date and the game is going to be at least a very good game. Of course, I could be wrong, but like I just I just I feel like that's just going to be the case for this game. Yeah, I'll eat crow. DJ will get twenty some odd points on the fantasy list, and I'll I'll lose all the points I've worked on. But <laughs> but yeah. And that was our last story. Now, welcome to our Elden Ring podcast. Right. But before we get that, we have a word from our sponsors. 
It's us. Like it always is. Do the thing, Marcus. What's good, y'all? Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure that you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, and most fire takes? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, then tell three people about the podcast. Could be strangers, friends, loved ones, hated ones, your Uncle Jim, I don't know. Every little bit helps. And after you've done that, please follow us on Facebook at Press X number two start, Instagram at Press X number two start, Twitter at Press X number two S, and YouTube at Press X to start TV. And if you've already done all this, well done. Platinum trophy achieved. And we are back. And now it is time for us to talk about the game we have all been playing. Yes, that is Elden Ring. All right. Um, shoot, I'll go first because I, I, I've probably spent the least amount of time in this game. So, um, yes, I, I am playing Elden Ring. I've put in... I don't know, maybe like 15 or so hours in it. I, I got to look at the game clock. It's really hard to tell. Um, I have many feelings about this game. I, I will say that uh, my history with Dark Souls is very, very small. I played a little bit of one of the Dark Souls game. I've played the demo of Demon Souls. I played the demo of Demon Souls again on the PS5 for a little bit at Sean's place. And then I played about an hour or two of Bloodborne. I've, I've played Bloodborne the start of it multiple times. But I've gotten about an hour or so into that game. So I don't really have a wide um, knowledge base of Dark Souls and, and uh, the language, I would say. So when I started up Elden Ring, because I didn't have that language, there was a lot of like questions in terms of like, what is this thing? Why isn't this thing explained to me? Like this arrow that doesn't have the, the feathers on it has an arc. Well, this one with the feathers on it doesn't have an arc. Oh, that's kind of cool. I kind of wish they told me before I wasted my um, rabbit bones on it. I'll make a point but, to say uh, uh, I I found out about the difference between the two arrows two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, what do y'all mean difference between two arrows? What is he talking about? Oh, in, the, in your cookbook, you're able to make arrows out of like animal bones. And there are yeah. two types of arrows you get naturally. There are normal arrows and fleshed arrows. And I looked at their individual stats and there's absolutely no difference between them. No, so no. I just made the normal arrows. Let and then guess. one day I arrows go further. Yes. Yeah. They don't arc either. No shit. <laughs> what? Yeah. One day I hit the square button on my controller to just see what the actual dis- like. No, it was because I was I don't give a shit about like what you're wearing. I just kind of casually wear whatever the fuck I feel like at the time. Because yeah. like the stats are at a certain point, stats become ne- negligible. But one day I noticed that I kept getting like a weird negative status effect when I was wearing a certain piece of equipment. And I'm like, huh, nothing in this like, like this breakdown tells me there's anything wrong with this. And so I just was flipping through screens and I realized, oh, I forgot that item descriptions are a thing. Cause like I thought any item descriptions would be on the bottom when it says special features, but it's not. It's in the item description and it says, hey, this thing increases like blank or blank, but it also decreases blank and blank. Like, oh, that's what's been yeah. happening to me. Yeah. Huh. Let me look at these other item descriptions. Maybe I've been missing some things. <laughs> oh, this basically saying this goes further. But flesh arrows do that in real life. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So like, it's cool 
the C like. But one of them is easier to make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you know about archery, you'd be like, oh yeah, obviously when you when you have the feathers in the back of it, it doesn't arc as much because of aerodynamics. But and I think one of the main problems I've been bumping up with this game is y'all that, will never be space niggers. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> space <laughs> but yeah like um one of the things i've been bumping up with this game is just that there are like for the items there are item descriptions put that in the item description no like it's not <laughs> that hard like it's it, it's because it's the, the conscious choice of we're going to leave this information off is annoying at times and it's just like like that is not so bad because you know it doesn't require that much resources and it's just like all right whatever but like at the start of the game i had amassed like i think maybe like three or four thousand runes and i was just like oh i'm gonna buy these cookbook things because they might be helpful it's like crafting stuff and then i bought the cookbooks and i couldn't craft anything in the cookbooks because all the crafting materials of course wasn't in the open area so it's just like I just wasted 3,000 runes on these cookbook stuff that I can't even use. So, to, that, that reminds me of, I was trying to get, you know, the, the Alexander character gets stuck in things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The second time I encountered him stuck in something, he was like, oh, something might break. You can't do that. You, I need something slippery to get me out of here. I'm like, huh, slippery. All right, let me look through my shape, see if I have anything slippery. All right, let me throw some grenade, like my, my, uh, my, some pots at you. And I, well, oh. well, the thing, ultimately, what you need is an oil cask. Unfortunately, oh, okay. the cookbook for an oil cask is hidden in an area that you can only get to if you decide to explore a certain area. So I was like, ah, I wonder if I've done that already. So I spent about twenty minutes trying to get him out with various things. I'm like, till I realize I just don't have the thing. Yeah. My man wanted name brand KY Jelly, not that store brand shit that Avery was throwing <laughs> Everything else reacts to my skin. <laughs> I need the sensitive skin one. Need polyurethane. <laughs> but like, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of little uh little speed bumps in the road of me like playing and progressing in this game. And on top of all that, it's just understanding okay what is the actual grind for this game because it's not necessarily kill enemies to level up it's finding ways to get more runes to level up because you use the runes to level up in this game so while doing all that i am also learning the combat figuring out how stuff works there's a parry in the game figuring out the parry i have to say out of all of my experiences playing games with parry, Dark Soul parrying is probably the worst experience <laughs> I've had learning how to parry in this game. And it kind of goes into my bigger, I guess, critique in the game. But I'll get to that later. The parrying, when you press the button, the character does an animation, right? You would think, okay, well, it might be a system where as the person attacks, you press the button and like, you know, you will parry the attack. That doesn't work. You're like, okay, so maybe if I have to make contact with the shield as the person is doing the attack, that doesn't work. What actually happens is, you know, when you get hit in this game, your character reacts, does an animation. You can parry something while still taking the damage, but your character won't do the animation of taking damage. So the person will just sit there. 
And it's just like, this feels like a bug. Because when I first did, I was like, oh, I parried an attack and looked at my health. I'm like, I'm almost dead. What the fuck just happened? Well, <laughs> so, most shields have a damage negation value. So even if you do. No, when you parry, you don't take any damage. Because I actually managed to parry. And when you parry, the enemy reacts and you, you're able to get a free blow in. Um, phrasing? That sounds weird. You're able to get a free attack in. So, <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, out of all the time I tried, like, learning how to parry, like, I watched videos, and the video was like, yeah, so what you do is you press the button as the person is coming down on the swing, and that will trigger the parry. And it's just like... <sighs> but when is the person swinging? That's the thing. And, like, I think and, and that is the language of dark souls games because the actual ai of the enemies and and the bosses they're not smart they're not trying to bait your attacks in an elaborate way everything just works off of their wind up swing window because it doesn't work off of a normal far process well, okay this person is going for a wind up swing the person's gonna hit like they will wind up they'll take a couple of breaths they'll get some coffee probably go use the bathroom come back and then do the swing and you're just like jesus christ this took forever to hit the swing but like that's the game that you have to play in this game and it took me some time to understand okay that is the language of this game and that's what makes parrying not easy because you don't necessarily know offhand when this person is going to swing unless you know the character or you're really good at catching that time so there was things like that that i was learning about this game on the go and once i kind of figured that stuff out it became a better experience for me on top of understanding okay the grind is to get your points into the things that really matter for your build and once you do that you'll start seeing damage being done and like once i did all that once all that happened the chips fell into place and i was like okay i'm able to enjoy this like i'm killing things quicker like um there is an open field that has a couple of giants just doing their giant thing and I just I just I killed all of them and you know after I killed the last one I was like huh I just cleared this whole field I'm gonna play some soccer didn't play soccer I just went and killed more things but um yeah overall I'm having a good time um as I'm playing this I am just getting so excited for whatever Dragon's Dogma 2 play the Witcher thing Marcus um but yeah like because like dragon dogma kind of operates in this same area except i feel like you're able to you're able to just to do more with the enemies that you're fighting because you can climb on them and then again like i don't know if i just don't have the proper tools yet or whatever but like for example, in Dragon's Dogma, if you're fighting a Cyclops, if you have an arrow, you can shoot the Cyclops in the eye and it will blind the Cyclops and you get like free hits and like the Cyclops will, like drop to the ground or whatever. But like, I don't, I don't think what you can do that. What about the enemies with two eyes? Can you shoot their eyes out as well? Nah, nah, you just stab them in the legs until they drop through their knees and then you stab them in both their eyes. It, it depends on these certain enemies. I know I'm like, like Dark Souls, if I attack the dragon's tail long enough, the tail will come off, and there'll be a special animation of the dragon's yeah. tail coming off of some bullshit. Yeah. But I know there there is animations, like if you target like a ogre in the head with an arrow, it will A, be a critical hit, and it will stagger them for a second. 
but the right, but yeah. the trade off is you're not doing it at super close range to capitalize on Weapon. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like um, I'm having a good time of like just being wowed by the not the bosses per se, but like just the random like things that happened. Like there was a skeleton that was just walking about and I like hit it and it died. And then like a giant smoke cloud appeared and it was a mimic, which I, <laughs> of course, no experience, had no idea what that meant. It was just like a giant aggro bear. And I was just like, oh, I don't want bear? nothing. <laughs> oh, that what it is? No, no, no. It wasn't a room bear because I've seen the room bear and I was like, oh, it's trying to get honey or whatever. But like this thing was not about honey and it was about my cheeks. And I was like, I am not for this, sir. And I was running and I thought I got away from it and it like shot an air blast and it hit me off my horse. I was like, God damn it. But it didn't kill me, though, because I had my points in vigor. So I was able to tank that hit. And then I actually uh, like later on went back to that same skeleton, hit it. It switched to the uh, bear, and I was like, this time I'm strong enough to fight you. I was not strong enough to fight it, and it killed me mercilessly. Apparently, there were um, the more tougher enemies in the game. Yeah, there, I found that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I found that out after the fact. Um, yeah, overall, I'm, I am enjoying this game. It takes up my mental space of like, man, I can't wait to play this game. But then once I actually play the game, I'm just kind of like, ah, what am I doing right now? I, I guess I'll go east. I guess I'll go north. But like once I get into the game, I'm my excitement for the game kind of drops a bit. So, yeah, but I, I'm still progressing through the game and, you know, seeing stuff and learning stuff as I go. But yeah, that's been my overall uh, early experiences with the game. Who wants to go next? So I'm trying to figure out how many hours I have in a game. Uh, I, I am somehow over leveled, but still terrified of every mob just because. <laughs> The lowliest of shit can like do some weird, you know, fury strikes on you and not let up. Um, but I've over leveled to the point where like I'm still taking chunks off of, uh, you know, boss's health. Like, right. I think last time I talked about going to the Rey Lucaria, maybe I don't, I don't know if I talked about that on the cast, but um, I went to the second major boss area and I got there by accident and I was like, there's no way I'm high enough to actually take this fight yet, so I'm going to just leave, mm. but I'm going to just, you know, at least I got the Sight of Grace warp points so I can, you know, when I'm ready. And I didn't really level up all that much. I was like, oh, let me just try it just because. And I think I, you know, did it in like three tries just because the first time I didn't quite understand what the hell was going on. Right. That's been my experience thus far. Avery doesn't approve. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I've been getting into my character stuff. I've been helping Marcus work on his acting. So I've been getting, getting more and more into character stuff. And I've created a character of a, uh, of a typical souls bro. Who's <laughs> get good strength at two hand, no shield, no summons, no cringe magic. I just take fight one V one. You can fight like this is world war one. If you want to, we have guns invented, we have drones and all that good stuff. All right. <laughs> I'm using all my magic. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I ever actually explained like where I am. I, I've beat Godric. So I've beat the essentially the not tutorial portion of the game, but like the, the golden path portion of the game. Now it's just like, all right, go go figure yourself out. And I'm like, OK, I'll do that. I feel yeah, like continue. I have to finish this game just because Avery doubted that me and you would actually finish this game. <laughs> I feel like anything. You know, it's super funny. 
Like, I was under that mindset, especially after like the first week of you guys playing. And yeah. then I would look at Discord and see Sean playing it at random hours. Yeah. Random hours. And I was like, huh, I was a fire, didn't I? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I told you, I was gonna finish Horizon so I could thoroughly play Elden Ring because there's nothing else. I really, I would almost say I'm mainlining this because I'm kind of addicted to it. I like just walking around, and just throwing rocks and shit. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm kind of playing this like an MMO where you go sitting there and farm shit, right, for a long time. So like right now, I'm a level 101, which is crazy to 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 see because i think you're the last higher, time you're a, you're a much higher level than i am then yeah because i think the last time sean talked about level you were like 30 something so was, like it was like 30 40 something yeah yeah um i sat there farming and farming because i mean i just i am able to kill stuff in just a few hits and i still run around and like nah i don't want to take that fight um, <laughs> Just most, in case he might be stronger than me. <laughs> yeah, he might be packing. Um, most bosses, as they're about to reach me and hit me, I'm getting on my final cast and they keel over on top of me. Mm, I love exploring in the game. I like that they added the uh, spirit horse, spectral horse. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gets me out of a lot of stuff. I do not like when they rip you off your horse, though, and you get invaded by NPCs. Yeah, that happened to me once before. And I was like, of course, like I didn't know what was happening. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, why can't I get on my horse? I thought I like broke the game or something. And then it was like, oh, you're being invaded. I was like, ah, shit. Like where? Who? 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 who, who? What's happening? And like, luckily for me, I was on an open field. So I was able to like see the person and deal with the person. The person just wasn't good at all. And I was like, oh, I can easily like take you, even though I don't know too much about this game. (laughs) Terrible. Um. I don't know. I just I think I'm wandering around trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go. I don't mind the obtuseness of the game. I just wish it had a little bit more. Hey, go over in this direction or something. I guess the arrows from the side of grace help a little bit, but not totally. But it is what it is. Um, Like, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. How how often are you going to Google when playing the game? Not at all, actually. Um, maybe just like if I'm stuck at a point and I don't know what direction to go, literally. Yeah, then you'll check. But like, okay. I have a lot of the map, at least the lower portion of the map, open already just because mm-hmm. I was just riding around just grabbing stuff. Right. I, I don't even use crafting. I don't know if y'all actually like craft anything and use it other than... I craft all the fucking time. Really? What are you, what are you crafting? Like arrows? Arrows, grease, and... Uh, oh, grease. Yeah, okay. And heals. Oh, you can craft healing stuff. Yeah, like uh, against staff effects. Like there are areas in the game where enemies oh. will spam certain types of elemental effects. There are yeah. areas in the game where like, hey man, we just need you to walk through this pool of poison or rock mm-hmm. and like ha- uh, half the time you're going to end up getting that shit and poison's manageable as long as you're paying attention. Rot will fuck you. Yikes. Because like rot, <laughs> yeah. rot operates at the same like double the speed of decay as poison. Uh, and then like most enemies that do rot can do like big burst damage so suddenly you're like you'll have a this much health and try and heal and you'll die in during the heal animation yeah oh jesus jesus okay and i'm still meleeing as a mage just like i did on final fantasy so i'm running up and stabbing things <laughs> i picked up this 
sword that also casts magic, but then it has a follow-up attack. Is it Night and Flame? No, it's a Lazuli okay. Glint Sword or something like that. I don't know, but I don't know what that means. Basically, like normally as a as a mage, or at least in astrology, you have something called a glintstone pebble that you toss it. You know, that's your main first spell. This one is a similar version, but it doesn't cast as far. But then you can immediately do a lunge heavy attack to cover the distance. That's pretty cool. So I'm using that a lot too. So I'm still hitting things, but I I have a lot of grease, like you know, magic grease, fire grease, dragon stone grease. I yeah. just realized you can eat the dragon hearts. I think, or you can consume it or something oh. like that. Because I'm I not going to do a... Yeah, I'm in a weird period of time where, like, oh, I had so many remembrances of, like, big bosses, and I'm like, do I really want to just spend these to get weapons I'm never going to use? Or should I spend them on the actual souls? It's not enough souls for a level. I end up just hold them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you using the rune arcs with the great runes, Avery? Uh, it took me forever to figure out what the rune arcs were because in every Souls game, for the most part, except for yeah, for every Souls game, they have uh, this thing called humanity, which is like you you have your normal character and then your character dies and then you come back as like a oh, yeah. uh, as a like a zombie s figure and to get like your appearance back, you uh, you consume this uh, consumable called a humanity and also gives you some extra health. So it's one of those things where it's like it's an, kind of an extra healing item in stuff but it's like kind of hard to use but you mainly use it for like unlocking uh certain events and uh character abilities and things like this and so i was just getting rune arcs and like i had a great rune and it just wasn't doing anything so i was like huh i went out to use this i just moved on and then i think it was around when i did the radon boss fight i looked at the rune and i'm like huh i wonder what happened if i consumed this i have 19 of them with like Using one of those is not going to really fucking do anything. And right. uh, turns out they uh, <laughs> they activate the rune. And that's the humanity of this game. Uh, when I first consumed it, I was like, I wonder how long this lasts. And I had it for like it's four until hours. until you die. I, oh, yeah. I had it for like four hours. I'm like, oh, this is the humanity of the game. So wait, what, what did the rune do? Okay, when so you, like. You said you beat Godric, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you kill certain enemies, they drop the great rune. Which yeah, you, can, yeah, yeah, which you can activate at a relatively nearby tower that's relatively okay. easy to recognize as this is where they want me to go to activate this. Uh, but you, when you equip it, it doesn't have any effect. It will say what the rune does, but it won't have any effect. If you pop a rune arc, it will activate the, the great rune you have. The rune arc is the, the crescent looking thing, right? Yeah. Is that, is that not an attack? No, no. it's no. It's a consumable okay. item. You consume okay. it and it will activate the effect of that great room. And the Godric one is the one that gives you a boost to all your parameters. So suddenly I'm using that and I can finally use magic. And <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I don't okay. think I even have a need for it right now if I use that shit. <laughs> <laughs> is this what Super Saiyan feels like? <laughs> I feel like Thanos out this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. you gotta activate it, but it's hella hard to kind of get to that little area, DJ. Kinda. What area? What area we talking about? To go activate the first rune arc. I mean, great rune. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I um, I, I found one of the um, the teleporting chests that took me over to was it Cali Cal Cal Celia Cavern Crystal Caverns or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was in there. I was just like. 
nah, I saw a video on this. I'm not about this. So, like, I literally paused it and looked at the video to see, like, how the person got out. <laughs> the person walked out of the cabin, hit the next, like, creature thing that it saw. And I was like, that's a stupid move. And it was a stupid move because there was a magic person just sitting on top of the shack that you come out. And that person just hit him with, like, yeah, bunch of, yeah. And I was just like, all right, I know not to do that. And they cast it like five times in a row. It's a pain in the ass. They can make uh, us fan those. Yeah. I, I literally just snuck out the cabin. I didn't. He actually shot his little shot at me once because I had my back to him. And I was like pretty much at the exit of that little cavern area. But yeah, continue. Yeah, I'm done though. Avery. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am playing this game like a Souls game. So mm-hmm. if I didn't do that shit in Dark Souls, I'm not doing that shit here. So. Why are you carrying over old, <laughs> old <laughs> habits? It's a new game. It, it's not it's a new coming. game. It's the exact same game, except in an open world. Yeah, that's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> but you get jellyfish in this game. I didn't have those jellyfish in Dark Souls one. I don't need them now. And it's not even me being to to quote Sean a sadist. It's that like I did a podcast ages ago on this channel that was about how I got through Bloodborne, and I pretty much said whatever you gotta do do it It, the game has so many ways to make it more manageable i don't understand why people think these games are hard and that attitude is still carrying me through this game like i haven't had to use the ashes i haven't really had to use the npc summons unless i thought it was a real cool story thing that i summoned this person here uh like when i did the radon fight there's like 10 summon signs in that fight that activate instantly and so the first time I rolled up, I summoned Alexander, Blade. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up here. Like this random chick, like My six other- pulled up like the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's why that's the coolest boss fight in the game. Cause you run up and it's like, you be fucking seeing Alexander, the, the pot guy running at this dude over the distance. Like, oh, well, this is kind of dope. And they all died, and I fought the boss solo after that. And I realized, oh, I can re- keep just re-summoning them if I want to. Huh, this makes this fight less cool, but <laughs> <laughs> but I end up doing it. I'm playing this game like I play Bloodborne, I play it like a soul, so I'm uh, melee focused dexterity build. Uh, bleed on katanas is a random boon I didn't know I was gonna get in this game, and it's like mm-hmm. super fucking broken. I've got yeah. like a level, I think I'm at a level 18. Uh, Uchi Katana right now, and I'm just like I'm killing most enemies in two blows. Jesus Christ! Because like when you first get an Uchi Katana, it's like it has like it scales at E, but when you get to the highest level, it scales at B. I put all of my points into dexterity, so it does mm. a shit ton of damage. And then if I get the bleed on like the third, or the fourth, or fifth hit. That's like 25% of most enemies health right there. And so I'm having a lot of fun with the game. I was going to make the like decision of, oh, this is my game of the year, like about Mm -hmm. halfway through my gameplay. And then I realized I was like a third through the game. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is wearing on me. And then I got to my third encounter with a crucible Knight and my fifth duo boss doing bullshit. And I'm like, oh. These are things I can critique about not liking this game. Like yeah. the game's lack of the true realization doesn't really bother me because I expect that out of Souls games. And for the right, most right, part, right. narratively, it's fine because it's either completely random and it's just like happenstance you find it, 
or it's like narratively consistent. Like a character will randomly say, oh, when I was a young knight, I was traveling around. I had a magic sword and I lost it in the building. I wonder what building that was. And you go there and you find the sword lost in the building. I mean, he yeah. told you where it was. <laughs> you just had to fucking find that shit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my time. I'm a little bit burnt out because like I'm just sitting there going like, how much of this game can I going to do? Like I had a period where like I had nothing to do but play Elden Ring. When I told you I fought like 20 bosses in a single day. And like a lot of the mystique of the lots of bosses in this game are, are ruined when it's clear that this boss is just an NPC summon. Like this is just a player character that they've put in here as a boss figure. Mm-hmm. Or this is the third time they're going to fight this boss. And it has more HP and one more bullshit gimmick move they can do now. But it's like, and those are kind of annoying. And then like, there's a lot of cut and paste dungeons in the game in terms of like exploration. Like if you see a catacomb and you see a cavern, it's going to have a different layout, but odds are it's going to be the exact same inherent design unless it has to do with the story. But that being said, I am, according to the game's uh, card, I'm 33% way through it. I technically can beat the game now. Because I've oh. beaten two shard bearers. But like I'm gonna keep on my gauntlet of exploring the area and finding every boss I see. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well that's our that's that's our update of where we are with Elden Ring. This has been our episode of Press Access Art Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and share with your friends, your relatives, your um, your coworkers, and just the random people you see on your way to 7-Eleven. Uh, if you missed any of this, you can find all the details and more on our website at pressx2start.com. Until next time, we will be talking about more game news and probably our updates in where we are in Elden Ring. You take care and you have a good day slash night. Peace out. Deuces.